He said he's guys? doing our show, and then he's going yeah, to vacation. They're, they're done. They, he's he's yeah. got games, right? They got, they've yeah. got next, I would assume we next to Simon is the Olympics. Where, 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 where do you? Yeah, that's a good. Where he's got, he gets to go to Paris. Where, where do you think he's going? Let's take. Think, let's take some. Bets. I think he's going to Paris on a. You know, he's going to have a company paid trip for two weeks. I, well, this summer, I ask him about how excited he is. You can yeah. hear it in his voice when he does the promos. I don't think he'll go to Paris in January. Yeah, that may be true. French Open? No, the Olympics or the Olympics. When they read, when he reads the promos, you can hear how giddy he is, and I don't blame him. Two weeks this summer in Paris. Yeah, I'm going to say Turks and Caicos. I'm going to say... That's what I'm, I'm, I'm down uh, for Turks. Maybe I'm going to go Belize. Bahamas. I'm going to say St. Lucia. Okay. I'm going Bahamas. Saint Lucia. Bahamas is a good Belize. guess. Bimini? Is that, the, uh, is that in the Bahamas? The Bimini? I Could know. be. That I don't know. All right. So that's... Uh, we put Myrtle Beach was my destination when I was a kid. What was that? Myrtle Beach was the, the classiest place the Waddle family went to. wrong with Myrtle Beach? No. no. Never been saying. there. Yeah. Never been to South Carolina at all. All right, so let's uh, let's find this out. And of course, we, we want to ask him about NFL playoffs and Bears quarterbacking, but that's how we start. Yeah. Where is Mike Tirico, the voice of Sunday Night Football, vacationing after he hangs up the phone with us two boobs? So Waddle and Sylvie, Mike Tirico joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Where do you vacation? Yeah, well, I've got 30 minutes of chipping ice at the bottom of my driveway Ooh. left for today, which I know um, that that's usually the way I like to start vacation. So that's what I'll be doing for the next 24 hours is uh, very domestic house type stuff. Uh, we will we will at some point here get to Florida for uh, for a little bit of chill for a bit. So we'll we'll get down to Florida. But thank you for Belize and the islands and all that. Very. I just you know what I need. I need a pile of golf balls. I have not hit a golf ball since August. Wow. I, I need a pile of golf balls and some wedges, and I just need like some some golf ball therapy. That, that's what I need for a couple of days, and so, then I'll be fine. So you don't have to share details if you don't want to, Mike. Yeah. But are, okay. we go, are we going to Jupiter? Or maybe, a, you know, a Michael Jordan I, golf course could be? Yeah, that, that's me. Me and MJ, we're tight. We'll run yeah. 36 every day. Yeah, yeah. Of course. No, um, I think I will get down towards Naples. Okay. I will get down towards the Keys. I will get down somewhere here in Florida in the next couple of days. Still, still TBD, exactly what the plan is, because it has just been survival mode. I, but I, I like to load up a bunch of stuff this week after we're done and know that I can leave for a week or two weeks and be completely done. So I am. So there you go. You know, wh- wh- thank look- you for your concern. You earned it. Look, <laughs> and it. Yeah. And first of all, you don't have a guy for the driveway either. You know, long story. We kind of do, but like there's a point where, and you'll know this. I, I assume the temperatures are above freezing there, aren't they? Yeah, finally. Yeah. yeah, right. So we just sit with all this fog from all the snow. It's just grain. So like you get driveway melt and the melt off the off the lawn and all that. But then it just kind of gets that slushy, ugly mess at the bottom of the driveway. Anybody understand that? You know what I'm talking sure, about? Of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so there's just some that you know you can't get it with a plow. It just it just sits. It's like days of gunk. So now that it's a little bit melted, like you got to get in there and loosen that up so you can start the drainage of the melt. So I'm helping my entire neighborhood today is what I'm doing. I would think there would be actually carpet going from one of the doors into the limo as you <laughs> left. Yeah. 
The yeah, facility. Yeah, as, 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 I, as I climb in and, out, in and out of my Jeep and get dirty. I'm a blue-collar guy, man. I know. I'm a Midwesterner here. I, you know, I, I, I drive around the Jeep. Uh, we got the little ducks in the front of the Jeep. I don't give them out, but we just kind of wave to each other. You, know, you wave to another Jeep when they come by. Uh, four-wheel drive, snow. You know, it, it's, it's, this is starting to sound like a Dan Campbell press conference. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's, that, that's who I am. You know, finish off the end of the driveway, make sure it's clean for the dog walkers in the neighborhood. That, that's the kind of neighbor I, I like to I was just going to ask, Mike, is is what the Lions, is what they're doing the biggest story, not just in, in you know, in Detroit, but maybe in the NFL this year? Yeah, it's, it's right there, right? Because let's, let's just think here for a second. Did you think Baltimore could get there? Yeah, they, we thought that most of these years with Lamar and the offense fit, so that's good. San Francisco, absolutely. Kansas City, of course. So if you just step back, though, you know, Detroit, right from the very first game of the year all the way through, has kind of carried it through a little bit better than you thought they might. So I would say, yeah, they're the they're the surprise team in terms of they had built up. They are not used to having expectations, and they have delivered. They've won more games than they ever have in any year in franchise history when you add regular and postseason. So uh, this has been legit all the way through, and they've got a great shot to win on Sunday. It, like it's got to be cool for you, even though that you're you're not biased and and. You're impartial to to live in that area and to go to that that building and to, to just see the atmosphere and to know what those Lions fans have been through um, yeah. and to see them finally enjoy themselves. It's pretty cool. Even for me as a Bears fan, knowing the Lions are the rival, uh, it, it, like I even appreciated it for them. Yeah, and that's good to hear. I'm sure people have that feeling too, uh, just because. It's nice to see somebody who's been down for so long have a moment and, and come along and have a chance. And it just makes it fun. Yeah, for me, you know, and, I, and I'll be brutally honest with you guys, it was really cool because I have lived here for 25 years. And before I was doing the NFL, when they opened up Ford Field, we bought season tickets and we, we had a seat license. So we had, you know, I guess, seven or eight years of Lions season tickets. Now, at the back end, I couldn't go to the games because I was – doing the Monday night games, but I'm experienced it firsthand. And you can, you can feel appreciation for something without physically rooting for a team. And I have the greatest appreciation from living here for the last 25 years of what this meant to the people. That's to me, the story, you know, people come in here, it's any sport like they do in Chicago and they're not from here, but they become part of the fabric of the community. But for the fans who filled that place when the teams weren't good, I, I feel great for them. And, and the energy was real. It was legit. It was impactful. And they brought it for eight straight quarters. So it was kind of a, a neat experience and one I truly will never forget being a part of, no Let, doubt. Let's keep the Michigan conversation going. What, what do you make of the Jim Harbaugh news going yeah. to the Chargers? Well, you could tell there was, uh, there was an itch that he kept scratching. Because the last two years, he was really looking to go. Even you know, the one on signing day, was it last year? He was in Minnesota, right? Talking to the Vikings. So you knew that he really had a desire to go. And the fact that he won the championship, it just magnified that this is the moment to go. You won the championship, you're going to be able to leave without people being bitter about you leaving. You also have so many openings in the NFL 
that if it was ever going to happen, it was going to be here. And if not, then you're here for eight to ten years and you run it out. Uh, I think the general feeling of Michigan fans, and you have a ton of Michigan alums who listen to your show and live in Chicago, they probably are, you know what, thanks. We understand you brought us a championship. We don't have to keep going back to 97. we got a new sweatshirt we can wear. It says 2023 champions. We can get 10 years out of this. We appreciate it. Thanks for the good run. Uh, so I, I think overall that was good. Now, where he went to is pretty cool. If you think back to Alex Smith, he had a great impact on Alex when he got to San Francisco. All of his quarterbacks have played well for him. Andrew Luck, J.J. McCarthy, excuse me, all the guys in between. Um, I think it will be very good for Justin Herbert. And I think the team that needed like a toughness and a little bit of an edge and a no BS was absolutely the Chargers, and I think they'll get that with Jim. So you know our history here too, Mike, and we're talking to Mike Tirico. In a city here where we chose this, the Bears, Trubisky, not Mahomes, Trussman, not Arians, and the Bears are in the quarterback market, and, right. or Justin Fields could use some help like just like Herbert could use, um, will the Bears in three to five years from now look back on this decision again and say, Hey, we regret not choosing Harbaugh and no. and staying with with Eberflus. They, they, they might, they might, but I think twofold. One, I think they decided they were staying with Eberflus, and they knew the people who would be out there in the market. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh was getting hired by this leadership with the Bears. I just don't. Period. Uh, I could be right. I could be wrong. Nobody's told me that. I just didn't have a feeling that this leadership would hire Jim Harbaugh. Um, as the Bears head coach. So, um, yeah, you, you might, but, you know, I think the decision was on multiple fronts that they're not going to go down that road. And they like what they saw with Matt at the end and bringing an offensive coach here. See, I think, I think the problem is if you have one of these play callers as your head coach, then you know the offensive system's going to be there as long as he's there. When you hire somebody to be a play caller, and you have a defensive head coach, the problem is the offense is going to change when somebody goes to look to hire a head coach and they're hiring, you know, Dave Canales, who called plays in Tampa for a year, right? You know, I mean, Dave Canales, and I like Dave. I think he's a good coach. Dave Canales and Tampa scored nine points against Carolina in Week 18. I watched that game twice. That wasn't a good game, and the Panthers hired him. Okay, so offensive coaches outpunch their weight all the time in this league. And I think the one concern you have if you're the Bears is that you have a defensive head coach. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to work. I think Matt has built a thing the right way. Just if Shane Waldron has a great year, you know, your, your coach is probably going to be in demand this time next year. It's just the way this league works right now. And what's the? I mean, is that a healthy situation in your opinion, Mike? Because I we no. we were talking about this the, that particular topic to start the show today. I believe with Callahan taking the job with Tennessee, right? That he was the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the league at that time. I don't believe there is a coordinator in the National Football League now that was in the same position in 2021 <laughs> with the yeah. same team. I think you're right. No, it's not healthy. You, you know Tom better than I do, but the continuity of a system and a plan in place. Now you're getting a lot of the guys uh, who like 
like your hire there in Waldron, come off the McVeigh-Shanahan tree, right? So, so at least there's some continuity to it. If you can have somebody who he brings along, who is the quarterback coach in Seattle, that he, whatever it is, uh, position coach, who's somebody who can be groomed to keep the system in place and run the offense, right? So we, we've pretty much gone now with the Shanahan, Bay kind of connective system, those two. We're pretty much back to where the West Coast offense was, where everybody felt like they had to hire a West Coast offense guy, and then you kept it in the family for a while. John Gruden famously joked with us that, you know, it got to the point where if some guy used a urinal in the 49ers facility, like, oh, he knows the West Coast offense. He was in San Francisco. Like, no, the guy was there 10 years after Walsh. He didn't know a damn thing about it, right? But, but here you have, in this hire, a coach who absolutely knows the offense that is the in-vogue offense, can run it, can throw it. And it gets back to the big question, do you feel good about somebody like that either taking fields to the next level or if the decision is let's go get Caleb Williams or Daniels um, or May, then this guy can take a young quarterback and build him up. That's, that's the decision that was yeah. made. Now here we go. Uh, before we circle back to the Bears, if I would have told you, Mike, several weeks ago that there would be all these NFL head coaching positions available – yeah. And Bill Belichick was going to be available as well. And then when the carousel, uh, carousel rather spun, and when it stopped, Bill Belichick wouldn't be with a job. What would yeah. you have said? Stunning, right? Now, I don't know what Seattle's going to do. And I think, I think just as surprising, too, at least for right now, is Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like Vrabel a lot as a Me head too. coach. I, I thought... I thought that was one that would be gobbled up in five minutes by someone somewhere. And maybe, maybe that's where Seattle's going. I, I've been told for a while that Ben Johnson was going to get the Washington job, the Lions offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's the case now, you know, with everybody who's available on the, on the market here. But I'm, I'm surprised at both. Um, Belichick is still the third winningest coach in the history of the league. He's really damn good coach. And go watch their defense at the end of the year. They were good. Um, maybe he was not flexible to say offensively, I'll bring in somebody out of the family, or maybe he was not flexible enough to say, I'll give up personnel. Uh, and people have made their own decisions based on that, but it's very odd to see that where we've gone in the last 10 days, 12 days, has not led to Bill Belichick being hired in one of these places. I, I didn't expect it. I thought somebody would hire him somewhere. I thought the Atlanta thing was the place it was going to end up, and that was wrong. How about this real quick on that note? Field Yates just tweeted this two minutes ago. Bill Belichick has been an NFL coach for each of the past 49 seasons, mm. a league record. Not a head coach, obviously, right? but has been a coach in the National Football League for each of the last 49 NFL seasons. Crazy, crazy, it, it, and and you know, Tom, like you, you watch Sylvie, you, you watch their defense, still good. Yeah, you still good. The, the offense was not good the last couple of years. There's no doubt about it. The issues with who's making the personnel decisions, certainly a lot of criticism available there. They didn't have the greatest defensive season, but when you watch them in November and December, they played and they were good. The guy can still coach, right? It just is fascinating that he's this close to Don Shula's all-time record. Does he wait a year and get back in? Maybe something still happens. We, this cycle can still take a couple of odd, bizarre turns. So, 
you know, don't count it out yet, but it really does surprise me at this point that this is where we are. I must remind you guys, the Bears need a defensive coordinator. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Bill was a special teams coordinator when, or what coach. They didn't make him coordinators when he started back in the 70s with Detroit. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's available. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I will tell you this. Maybe he was he Mike, Mike. Maybe he was pitching uh, Matt Patricia's as offensive coordinator <laughs> yeah, wherever he was right. talking to people. Might, 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 might have. You, you never know. I'll tell you this. If he does decide to do TV for a year or whatever, he'll be really good. I, I know the press conferences and all that stuff. People are like, yeah, what are you saying? It's crazy. Super Bowl Forty aired on ABC. I was at ESPN. We did the pregame show for the ABC broadcast. Bill was on a set with me for the game. It was the Seattle-Pittsburgh Super Bowl in Detroit, and he was terrific on the air. If you watch that NFL Films 100th anniversary yeah. team series of shows, he was great. If he ends up not getting a job and does TV for a year or more, he'll be awesome. It'll be the guy who everybody shuts up and listens to. I promise you. I, I heard that story. Like he prepared uh, some tape for you, right? And then didn't you give him some pointers on being a broadcaster for that? It was the damnedest thing. I went up there to Foxborough before, and you know, he said, "Hey, you know, I, I will be happy to show you everything about the teams here." And we also did features on the great defenses of the Super Bowl era since it was Super Bowl Forty. He said. Just kind of give me the basics of what I'm going to do. Not like I taught him what to do. He did press conferences. Like, what what are the basics here? You know, do I look at you? Do I look at the camera? How do we play this? How do we how do we use like the videos that roll in? You know, when we're talking about, do we get to pick those and all that stuff? And and he just kind of he you know coaches love to be coached. And I just gave him a couple of basics, and he he crushed. He didn't need to hear anything from me. He probably just making me feel good. But he was. The presentation he gave me for the Seattle and Pittsburgh matchup was exactly the way the game played out. And from that point on, I was always like, this guy is incredible in terms of knowing what's going to happen because of film study. Amazing. The best I've ever been around, period. I'm really interested to ask you this broad-based kind of football television question. And it is, yeah. Mike, what is the, what is the future of the National Football League on television. Where is it going and how's it going to unfold over the and course of the And how much is it going to cost us? Yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny because the whole streaming thing impacts everything. Like, I, I went to watch a basketball game two nights ago and it was streaming, right? So it, it's a matter of can you get all the streaming so that it becomes the way cable was a few years ago? Uh, as the cable industry changes and has its issues, right, and streaming rises up, it'd be nice to have all the streaming in one place and pay for it once, and you, and you kind of move migrate all your uh, viewing there. Uh, the NFL, I think the NFL is, all, I shouldn't say always, but for a long time ahead, the NFL is going to be available over the air on local TV when your team is playing. I think the big national packages are going to stay. Look, look at how many people watch the games. With the end of the Lions game, we had like 49 million people watching the game, and that audience went over to CBS, and they averaged 50 million for that game. Those are ridiculous numbers. Those will be two of the top four or five watch shows for the entire year, and we're January 20-something, right? Yeah. So I don't think they're going to turn their backs on that, but I think they'll continue to explore because the one thing the NFL has never done is said, you know what, we're good, we've made enough money, 
we're satisfied. They've kept pushing, and they're the, they're the ones who can do it. So I think they'll keep pushing the envelope with special games here and there. But I think for the next seven years, several years at least, we're going to stay exactly the way it is because that's where the contracts are, and it's not going to change next year or the year after that. Um, so I, I was joking with you. You used to say to us that the Jay Cutler questions were tiresome. No, no, yeah. no. I have one. Oh, you you have a cutting question? No, yeah. I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this this off season, and we still have, I think it's 90 days or something like that. Oh we're, we're still 90 yeah. days away from the draft, yeah. Mike. And yeah. this Fields versus Caleb Williams question is so heated in Chicago and has been done every single day and i don't know how it's going to continue to last for the next 90 it's it's absolutely crazy people are dug in people get very angry about this what how do you view it as someone who's unbiased again and usually Uh very smart when it comes to choosing these two sides that's kind of do you think do you think we're going to have a like a three or four day run of hey Jaden daniels is pretty good Hang on a minute. Do you think we're going to have that little yeah. flip come up sure. in the draft conversation, right? And, you know, I'm going to just tell you guys, May is steady prospect. He might be the best option of the three. You're going to hear it. It, it. This is how this cycle works, and it's how this cycle exists. So I, I, missed, I saw the headline, and in the middle of doing our games and stuff, I didn't check as well as I should. Did Lincoln Riley interview with the Bears, or is that a reported interview? They were looking to interview Cliff Kingsbury. They, they did uh, interview. Kingsbury, they did, yeah. It was Kingsbury. 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 Yeah. Kingsbury. That's what I meant to say. So yeah. Did that happen or not? Yes, it, he did. He interviewed yeah. for the OC job. Yeah, because I, I thought that was really fascinating. I, I, I thought that was like, oh, that, that's a that's a real connection. That that would kind of make 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 a ton of sense here, and also get you some answers to the questions. Um, that you may have the, the beginning of the discovery with Caleb. Um, you know, here's what you do. You say, who's out there looking for a quarterback? And we can all make the list of the seven or eight teams and give me an offer for Justin Fields. And if the offer is great, and you know in the building what you have. And Shane Waldron mm-hmm. goes through the video and connects with everybody on the front office side and Matt Eberflus, and they come to a conclusion. This guy is absolutely our guy, or he can be our guy. And when it's he can be our guy, and I'm talking about Justin, now we see what it's worth on the open market. And does somebody come give us one of the offers like the Lions got for Matthew Stafford? Because the other team, the Rams, got Matthew Stafford and a Super Bowl. The Lions have seven players who are contributing on a team playing in the NFC Championship, including the quarterback that they traded for. So you have everything in your hands right now if you're Ryan Poles. You have everything. And you can just see how strong the market is. If somebody feels like, i got to go up there and get Caleb Williams or Daniels and just say, hey, this changes everything, then go ahead. Then fine. But if you love one of these guys, yeah. You got it. It's it's a it's the best place to be. Sure. The Bears are in a great, great, great spot because if Fields comes back, guys, with Waldron, they're going to be good. They're going to be good on offense, and then they invest people around them. So, I I wouldn't be panicked if that was the way it played out. If you go the other route, then you got all the buzz of a new quarterback who's the hot toy that everybody wanted, and that's fine. I think everybody is in the best possible shape in the Bears organization. Proven OC. 
head coach who kind of has things at least building in the right direction foundationally. Defense is solid. We don't have to go score 30 points. And now come come knock our socks off, man. Come give us the greatest offer of all time. And if so, let's do it. I contend that if you get outside of Chicago and you remove the emotion from the conversation, and I think you can see this in a lot of different publications or websites, you talk to different people like Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. I think you speak to others inside kind of that NFL universe. For them, it's more of an easy decision and there's more consensus. It's you have an opportunity to reset your clock, which it wouldn't be the top priority for me. It would be I'm I'm dialed into this quarterback, and I think Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels can take me somewhere Justin can. But they, I think, Mike, and I don't know if you feel this way, once you get out of the kind of the, the Chicago bubble, there is a lot of consensus that the Bears should and will go in the drafting a quarterback with the first overall pick. Yeah, so, so here's the answer to that. Right, it's Jordan Love. They've got a low cost, low cost quarterback. Mm-hmm. It has worked. They have a lot of pieces on defense that they pay a lot of money now. They haven't paid, played out as well as they should, but they surrounded them with young talent, and those guys were a drive away from the NFC Championship game. Right, mm-hmm. so you can do it with a with a young quarterback, and I know he's three years, but he's a younger quarterback. Now Jordan Love's going to get a mega deal. So can the Packers spend as much money next year as they have this year? Maybe, but the year after that, the answer is no, right? So the people who believe in restarting the clock financially for a quarterback, if you can say, hey, our defense is good, Matt's done a good job building this defensive team, we can get a young quarterback, he can handle the pressure, he can give us everything Justin gave us, um, maybe a little bit less in year one, but he's just as good right now. If they do that, then you reset the clock and you spend the money for the four years and you build and build. And now all of a sudden that young quarterback can take you there. Because mm-hmm. once you start to get into the big bag, the $50 million club, it's really hard. Justin Herbert's going to lose a lot of his guys with the Chargers. Ravens are going to have a hard time keeping people with Lamar. Look at the Chiefs this year. I know they've gotten far. But their roster is not as good as it was. Look at Josh Allen and yeah, Buffalo. That's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, enjoy vacation. Yes. We always appreciate your time and great work this year as always. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. I'll be down at the bottom of the driveway for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> so you want to come join me? No, I thanks. really I appreciate it. Uh, no, Thank you, guys. We'll talk, we'll talk to best. you during the way. Thanks, you, you got it. Mike Tirico. He's got the Olympics, too, this summer uh, in Paris. and uh, I can't believe he doesn't have somebody... Well, he does. Helping he's him. saying that he's just got the uh, the the water that's run off his driveway, yeah. and then it's it's frozen back up. That's when you send your kid out there to to fix that. <laughs> I think his kid is like in college. Yeah, gone. I think either. Well, you bring him home from college or... and make him go down to the bottom <laughs> of the driveway, <laughs> just like and you chip would the ice. You would never do that no, with of your course. girls. I wouldn't ask my girls if they were home now to do it. Never. I'm not going to have them chip a nail, and then I have to go have repay. Somebody to fix their nails. So two guys today who are very um, uh, within league circles who were more open-minded to to keeping Justin Fields. Mike Tirico, voice of Sunday Night Football, and Mel Kuyper Jr. If you missed the, the Mel Kuyper Jr. interview, it was very, very good. Um, make sure you get that on the ESPN Chicago app. I think the, the, the consensus for me listening to them is, is look, Ryan Poles has got two good options on his table. Right. And there's not a really bad choice. One may be better than the other, 
depending on what side of this the aisle that you find yourself on and with the discussion. Right. I want to kill like like to me. I'm like just listening to all of it. Yeah. I'm just I, I and I just want them to like it, it, in three years from now to be saying, "Wow, they they you crushed made the right it. decision. Yeah, they crushed it. Like whatever wh- whichever road they choose to travel, that it turns out to be one that they absolutely crushed it." So three one two three three two three seven seven six. If uh, you want to react, what do we have? We have the uh, the great clips uh, moment that we would like to cut from our sports memory. We're up to a number forty eight. That is right now. Brought to you by our friends at Great Clips. Waddle and Sylvie share fifty moments over the past fifty years that Chicago sports fans wish they could cut from their memories. Presented by Great Clips. Number 48. So number 48 is one that uh, we talked a lot about in the first year of our radio show. I'll never forget pulling over on the side of the road uh, after we did a broadcast at 115 Bourbon Street to go on one of the national radio shows on ESPN Radio because they wanted to talk to me about the possibility of Kobe Bryant becoming a bull in 2007. And he it, wanted out. He, he wanted out. There, were, there was lots of talk that they were close on a deal. Rick Buecher, the NBA insider at one time, was going on radio shows and was going on ESPN saying that it was a 99% chance that Kobe Bryant was done with the Los Angeles Lakers. He and Phil Jackson had a falling out. Um, it was after they had won some titles to, together there and with Shaq, and it was before they got Pau Gasol. Um, the Bulls obviously loved Kobe. Um, Pax was trying to get Kobe. There have been many, many stories since then on what the holdup was. Uh, there were reports that Kobe was actually looking into the school districts, some up in Lake Forest. I, I, wasn't the story that he had a, hired a realtor and that they were looking for properties, his family was? Yes. And, and like, so, like, it was, I don't know how far down the road there were lots of reports that the Bulls did not want to trade Luol Deng, and that was the the reason why the deal didn't get done because they didn't. I, I don't know how true that actually was, or like then some people said, well, it was Kobe who said, well, if I come to the Bulls, I want Luol Deng on the team, so don't trade Luol Deng because I still need people around me. I don't want to come to the Bulls and just be a bad team. This was obviously before Derrick Rose and everything like that. And again, this is one of those. Where I don't know if it's one that got away. I don't know if it, how realistic it ever became. But like there was this moment in time where for a few weeks, or a couple of weeks at least, it looked like Kobe Bryant could become a Chicago Bull. And he said years later, Chicago was my number one choice when asked where he wanted to be traded. Yeah, I think if you, we do a Google search, Tyler, I don't know if you could call it up. I think there is video about this. Where Kobe does talk about this. He, I think he, he did he an did interview this. with Shaq. Oh, did he? I think about all of this. There was something on Grantland as well back, you know, years and years ago, I think, as well. I'm reading this Tribune story, and they're talking about how he 
And he said to the Tribune in an interview in 2004 that they were indeed looking at houses and schools. Yes, yes, yes. Like it was, he, he was like, you know how always there was talk that a lot of people never wanted to come to the Bulls. Right, because they didn't want to live in Michael's shadow. Right. He 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 was the exact opposite of yeah. that. He was the guy who did, like, kind of like Harbaugh with uh, Bo Schembechler. Right. He was the guy who wanted to sort of bring back the mystique of what Michael was. He was like a clone of Michael Jordan. And um, he wanted to come back here and to... To just bring bring all the winning back. The article here also says that Bryant also put a stop to a trade to the Pistons, saying that Detroit did not appeal to him at the time. Yeah, I mean, he was... Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, I know. I was. I, I imagined it. Like, there were a couple of things. We talked about the Dwayne Wade uh, almost getting traded to the Chicago... Or almost getting drafted by the Bulls, but they did not want to give up Danielle Marshall on draft night. This almost happened. Kobe Bryant almost getting traded to the Bulls. And then, of course, we dreamt about LeBron in the decision coming to the Bulls in that time. There were all these almost things happening. And then, of course, the Bulls built this team with Derrick Rose where they almost were good enough to win a championship. And then Derrick got hurt. Oh. But, but number 40, what is this, number 48? 48. The 48th moment is Kobe Bryant um, and how he almost became a Chicago hmm. Bull. Abdallah just texted me, too, and said Kobe was on with Hood once and said the same thing about how the Bulls were his number one choice. Unfortunately, that is one of the lost files. Yeah. Oh, oh that yeah, one got sure. lost? Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we have like we have probably like some goofy stuff that's still in the... We have, we have Carmen, of course, interviewing Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. We have that... <laughs> yeah, but that's no, true. no hoodie interviewing. No, we don't have... God forbid we save... Uh, Jonathan Hood interviewing Kobe Bryant about his first choice being traded to the Chicago Bulls. That that gets lost in the shuffle. He was all for also. I mean, as you said, he was all for coming here and, and you know, taking on the responsibility that would be playing for this franchise not long after Michael had done what he did. Yes. Not many guys are equipped to do that mentally and emotionally. But Kobe was one that you would have get would have guessed could handle that. Instead, they landed John Salmons. Yeah. I sat next to him on a plane one time. Great guy, and I liked him as a player. Got him from Sacramento. But not the same thing. No, no, no. He's not. No, that's not not the same. If Kobe came to Chicago and had the rest of his career play out like how it did. There would be another ring. Well, no, I'm saying like if like everything he did in L.A. happened here. So like the rings, the MVPs, all that stuff. If all that happened here, is he... What like where does he rank in terms of all time Chicago athletes? Are you saying the five championships? Is that no, no, no. So any, anything before okay the anything before oh seven? What did is he out. What did he win with Shaq? Was it two or three? Three, what, I believe. It was three right? Didn't they Shaq? go three in a row? Three, and then they won two together with Powell. Is that what it was? Yes. So he won two here, and then and then and then the the rest of his career. Um, He'd be... Regardless of sport. Regardless of sport. Like, where would he stack up in this city? Uh, behind Michael and Walter. Uh, probably... Be behind Stan Makita or... No. no. Um, Basketball's just bigger in this town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two Ahead titles. of Scotty, though, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
What could have been? What could have been? Yep. So that's number 48. And we uh, continue to count those down. 50 moments in the last 50 years that we want to cut from our sports brain. That's one of them. Uh, <laughs> what could have been? Uh, 332-3776. Uh, Dave in Indiana, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dave? Hey, good afternoon, good afternoon. Dave. Hey, so I'm just thinking what – so Nagy, Nagy and Pace, they drafted a quarterback to try to save their job. So what in our minds do we think that Pose is not going to do the same thing? The less fireable offense is to draft Caleb Williams. And if Fields does great, okay, that's fine. But if he drafts Caleb and he doesn't pan out, that's the less fireable offense. Because if you pass up on Caleb and he balls out somewhere else and Fields doesn't get much better, he's, he's good. He, he does great, good things, but he doesn't do as much as Caleb. They're gone. So in my mind, that's how I'm taking it. And and we just we we're passionate sports fans. We love Fields at the end. He gave it they're all the snow the snow game. Justin, we want Fields, we want Fields. That's a, what kind of town we are. But we gotta stop this romanticizing of players that we're we're wearing beer goggles. We gotta draft bear Kyle goggles, Lewis. not beer goggles. That's Dave. good. Bear, bear goggles. goggles. Bear goggles. We're wearing bear goggles. We gotta be realistic, man. We cannot pass up on this young man. I don't care what he did in college. All of the experts. I'm 40 years old, man. I've been a Bears fan for 20 plus years. I don't remember a time where we had a chance to draft a number one prospect in the year. quarterback in the whole college for the last two years, let alone he's a Heisman Trophy. So I like Fields, but, man, he didn't do enough. We didn't put enough around him. He's not as talented as Caleb Williams. I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. Uh, I think it's fair that Caleb Williams, uh, if you believe, again, that he can take you somewhere that Justin can't, that way. I think it's more likely that's the direction they go. I'm not going to give you, I think it's 95% sure, because they've got to go through the process. But if you just are on the outside looking in and you're projecting, what makes the most sense? Or what do you think from their perspective would make the most sense? If you're just trying to connect the dots. And it's not an exact science. I mean, you, this is an opportunity to put the stamp. This, this is your stamp on this organization from you, is to draft this quarterback. You're not going to do it if you don't believe in him. You're not just going to do that and go, hey, this guy over here, I'm going to draft him because I, this is my chance to put my stamp. No, you got to believe in him. But I think, again, if you, if you measure it all out right now, prior to them doing all of their due diligence with the research on Caleb Williams, don't you think that the lean is fairly hard towards drafting Caleb Williams? I think, but again, I, I, I don't know. Like they can, again, they confused me with Eberflus. I agree with that. That's the only, but, but again, like we brought up earlier, <laughs> that's his guy. I would Justin al- is not his yes. guy. And I would also add this as well. I agree with you. If you decide to stick with Justin and trade the pick, you are going to get a bounty in return. But we're not, we, the team is not in the same situation now as they were a year or so ago. Like, they're a better football team. Are they complete? No. 
But you are still going to be able to, with your draft currency and with your cap space, if you decide to draft Caleb Williams, it doesn't mean you can't still improve your team with the rest of your draft picks and free agency. Like, you're in a better place right now than you were a couple of years ago. You've got a number one wide receiver. You've got better pieces on the defensive line and the offensive line. Your secondary is secure, other than Eddie Jackson. I don't believe he'll be back. But you have so many fewer holes to fill now than you did a year ago. So you can, if you want, draft a, a quarterback with the first overall selection and still continue to build your roster, and you're not in the dire situation you were a year ago when you tore it all down. Mike in Quincy, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mikey? Hello, guys. So first, let me – I thought of this question after I was put on hold. My question is, how many holes realistically do these Bears have? Either Uh, one of you could answer. Okay, I will say you've got – you're going to have to replace center. I would still say, Mike, honestly, I would be looking for tackle help. You need another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to bring Tunyon back. You're probably looking for another tight end. I don't know what you're going to – I put this whole list together, Mike. It's ironic that you said that. This Tyler Scott's going to be here. He's got a long way to go, in my opinion. I don't know what they're going to do with Darnell Mooney. So, And then you go to the defensive side real quick, probably safety, three technique, and another pass rusher. Okay. So my original, so then my, my thought was, is I am a huge proponent of bringing Fields back because I believe go big or go home. If you reset the quarterback market now, you figure realistically you're at least two years away from like serious contention, and then you're back in this same ballpark now. Are you though, I'm Mike? Keeping... Let me interject this, and we'll let you speak. But are you like sure. again? You you're a seven win team last year, picking first overall. You're not a two or three win team. You're in a unique position. And then I would also reference the Houston Texans, who were a dramatically worse team last year than the Bears find themselves to be now. They traded up. They yeah. didn't trade back right. last year. They traded up. Right. They gave away picks in this year's draft. Right, and they moved up and they got two huge impactful players. So, like, okay, my thought is is uh, tra- or keeping fields, trading back, and getting, what, let's figure, plus your three, so three first-round picks to either. So you have five or six first-round picks over the next two or three years to build around. And then at year five, when fields' time is up, you have the ability to go all in on potentially Arch Manning or the next, you know, and I'm air quoting, uh, generational talent that everyone seems to throw around these days. We don't so even know. We haven't even seen your, Arch play Arch, in, no, in college. Yours but, but, right, like you're, you're, throwing, like you're throwing pedigree around, your potential. Everything's potential. Like Caleb Williams could potentially be Zach Wilson. Listen, Mike, I'm not going to I'm not going to poop on your on your theory because I I think it, you know it's well thought out and I and it is a viable option. I'm not going to try and tell you that it's it's crazy. I would just resist somebody trying to tell me that the other option is crazy. Right. That you're right. going to reset everything and well, again, get it right. Draft if the quarterback you trust the quarterback, draft him. And then use your cap space well. And use your other draft currency well and coach him up. And maybe you become a better team sooner than you even ever anticipate. I, w- I was thinking of a good comp to this. I was, and, and you know me, I was thinking about food. I want to I throw something to you. And you tell me if this analogy is a good one when, when we talk about this quarterback debate. 
about building a football team and if it, if it floats with you. And we'll do that coming up next. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. What are you having for dinner tonight? You don't know? What do you want for dinner tonight? I really don't have a taste for anything. Um... Had chicken last night. Right. Yeah, chicken. Had pasta the night before. Yeah, pasta. Had no, uh, I had steak the night before. You pasta the night before that. Pasta the night before. Yeah. So that's the entree. Yes. It's the big thing. Salad. Yeah. You know, you never go home and say, you know what I want? I want broccoli. I want some potatoes. I want. Um, Those are sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you always say you want the entree. Yeah. The quarterback's the entree. Yes. Well, you, you, you first choose the entree, and then you go from there. I need some you, sides. You get the most, you say when you go, to, you, you, you pick dinner, you say what you feel like. You want chicken. Mm-hmm. I want pasta. Then you fill out the rest. I mean, when you order, you may order an appetizer first, or you may order some sides with the meal. But when you go to Chicago Cut, you know you're going for steak. Well, yeah. And everybody, what everyone is calling about, I was thinking about this, and maybe it's completely off, but I was just, everyone's like, you know what? Let's keep picking some sides. Let's get, let's, we'll, we'll get some sides. And then at the end, then we'll get a great steak. Like, how about we get a really, really good steak? We want some steak. And then we'll worry about some broccoli and some Brussels sprouts, and then which more important? Or some to mac you. and cheese. That's all great, and it's all important, and it will all round out the meal. But you got to start with the entree. If you could only have one or, or the other. Or, or, or what like, are you taking? Of course, the entree, it, especially when it's there for you. Yes, it's there for you. That that's my point. So. When it's there for you, you gotta grab it. Um, and, I'm, and, and, I'm with you, and it's, so it's all it's all important. And, and no one loves dessert like I do. I, I love a good dessert, so I, I I can use a good safety. I could use a good yeah. uh, uh, an, another good tight end. Most and, teams build their teams that way because they have to because they don't have access to the first the overall pick. That's the point. And and when teams build their teams that way, and everyone goes, well, look how they build. Well, they did that out of necessity. They didn't choose to do it that way. That's what was presented to them sure. because they had the 14th pick of the draft for three straight years. And like I always say about San Francisco, San Francisco still didn't choose to do it with Brock Purdy. San Francisco chose to go for it with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. They made the wrong pick. Mm-hmm. They traded how many picks to go up? Uh, there was three number ones, I believe. They they knew like Garoppolo fine, but we've got to go for it with a real difference making quarterback, and we got to go. They were like they scouted and they got Mister Irrelevant and Purdy, and he fit the system. But again, they went. They knew the importance of getting the quarterback. They just picked the wrong right. one, and it could happen. Yes, you got to get it right. I'm with you. So get the steak. When you when the steak presents itself, don't say, "Well, I want broccoli." If you have the money in your pocket to purchase the steak, 
you have the option to actually order the steak. Order the steak. If, in fact, that's what you want. Yes. Now, if it's not good, you don't overpay for something that you don't think is going to be good. Do you, do you agree or disagree? 312-332-3776. More of your calls on the Aki A-List, plus Jeff Joniak at 530.